Welcome to the Tao of Christ. This is Marshall Davis. The Tao of Christ is a podcast which explores the mystical, intuitive, and contemplative side of Christianity. In particular, it explores Christian non-duality or non-dualism, also called the unitive life in union with God, which I call unitive awareness. Today, we're going to look at another passage in the Christian scriptures that speak of this unitive awareness. One of the most powerful and controversial passages in the Bible is found in the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John. The chapter begins with Jesus' wonderful allegory of the Good Shepherd. He pictures a pastoral scene of a flock of sheep in a sheepfold, a shepherd, hired hands, thieves and robbers, wolves and a gate. In telling the story, he paints himself alternately as the Good Shepherd and also the gate to the sheepfold. It's a marvelous image with some memorable lines. Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. He says that as the Good Shepherd, he lays down his life for the sheep. He says that his sheep know his voice. He also cryptically explains that he has other sheep that are not of this fold, and he has to bring those in so that there might be one flock and one shepherd. Harvard theologian Harvey Cox thinks he is talking about people of other religions. After finishing the teaching, the people who heard him were divided, it says. Many of them thought he was demon-possessed or out of his mind. So revolutionary and different was his teaching. This sets the stage for the following scene that fills the rest of the chapter. It is Hanukkah in Jerusalem. And Jesus had come to the temple to worship. He was teaching in the portico of Solomon in the temple courts. His listeners ask Jesus if he is the Messiah. He responds with the words, I and the Father are one. This is one of the many times in the Gospel of John that Jesus makes statements that communicate his awareness of oneness with God, what people these days call unitive awareness of non-dual awareness. The response to his words is swift and violent. Those in the temple who heard him speak those words took up stones to execute him, calling it blasphemy. They say, we are going to stone you for blasphemy because you, being a man, make yourself God. This observation reveals the core of Jesus' consciousness and one of the central teachings of Christianity, that Jesus understood himself as one with God, and his followers came to understand that also. I don't think Christians now understand the full ramifications of what he was saying, but at least they get one part right. There is an essential oneness between God and the man Jesus. Christian theologians came to understand that this was not only an experiential oneness, but an essential oneness. That was a blasphemy in Jesus' time and place. It is a blasphemy in all types of theism to equate a human being with God. It is blasphemy in Judaism, especially the Judaism of Jesus' day. It is blasphemy in Islam. They call it shirk. It is blasphemy in Christianity to call any human being God. The one exception is Jesus. 
But if we truly understand what Jesus was saying here, it would be called blasphemy by traditional Christians. Because Jesus was not just claiming divinity for himself in this passage. He was greatly expanding this claim to divinity beyond himself. Anyone today who truly believes what Jesus taught and teaches that will be called blasphemous by theists, by traditional Christians, as well as by traditional theistic Jews and Muslims. This teaching that Jesus gave in response to the charge of blasphemy is what I want to concentrate on in this podcast episode. Jesus replies to the charge of blasphemy brought against him. I'll read it for you. It's John chapter 10, verses 34 through 38. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said I am the Son of God? If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. To the charge of blasphemy and the previous accusation that he was demon-possessed, Jesus quotes Psalm 82, six. The full verse reads, I said you are gods, son of the Most High, all of you. Jesus makes it clear that the psalmist is speaking to mortals, those to whom the word of God came. The next verse in the psalm makes that clear also. It reads, Nevertheless, like men you shall die and fall like any prince. The interesting thing is that the Hebrew word used in the psalm is the Hebrew word Elohim, which is the word for God, not God's. It is the most common word used for God in the Old Testament, from the first verse of Genesis throughout the Old Testament. Elohim is the word used in the first and last verse of this psalm for God, and it is used here in reference to those to whom the word of God came, according to Jesus used for humans. Now that is blasphemy in theism, and yet here it is, in the Bible, and on the lips of Jesus. In the Gospel of John, this verse is normally rendered as the plural gods, which confuses the matter. It is translated gods here, because the author of the Gospel is quoting the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament commonly used by Greek-speaking Jews in the first century, rather than quoting from the original Hebrew. That is because he is writing the gospel in Greek to Gentiles who read Greek. But that is almost certainly not the version that Jesus would have been quoting when he read those words. Jesus would have known and quoted the Hebrew, saying, You are Elohim, God and sons of the Most High, all of you. Then he proceeds to use this verse to defend himself against the charge that said that he was making a special claim for himself as a son of God. What Jesus was saying was this, if I might paraphrase. He's saying the scriptures say that you all are God, 
and sons of God. So how can you charge me with the blasphemy for simply saying what the Bible says of all of us? Then it goes on in John 10 to make it clear that he is not backing away from his assertion. He says, the Father is in me and I am in the Father. What Jesus was saying was blasphemy, and I'm surprised he even made it past the censors into the canon of Scripture. I think the only way it did is because of the Septuagint's rendering of it as God's with a small g, and not God with a capital G. But in either case, God's or God, it would have been blasphemy to the Judaism of Jesus' day to say either of those. And it is blasphemous today to traditional Christianity to say either of those statements. Jesus was executed, physically crucified, for what he said, and although we today living in a society that allows freedom of speech and worship, we may not be executed as heretics, you can be sure that if we said and believed those things, that we would be theologically crucified, called heretics and apostates by traditional Christians for believing what Jesus said and repeating it. I have no doubt that any conservative or evangelical Christian who hears this, and I'm not expecting there will be many, they would consider what I have to say here as heresy. While I was preparing what I was going to say in this podcast episode, I was also having an exchange on Facebook with a good friend of mine who was a very strong Calvinist, five-point Calvinism all the way, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, the whole thing. In response to one of my podcast episodes, he sent me an article by Fred Sanders, critical of the book Divine Dance by Richard Rohr, calling Rohr a false teacher and a heretic. And in this Facebook interchange, I was defending Rohr. Rohr was saying something similar to what Jesus was saying, and Sanders was calling him a false teacher. It was eerily reminiscent of the conversation that Jesus had with religious Jews of his day in this passage. Not much has changed in 2,000 years. What I am saying here sounds like heresy, but it is the teaching of Jesus. And I will choose the teaching of Jesus over the teaching of Christians any day. Christian orthodoxy has no problem saying that Jesus is God, or to be more precise, the Son of God. But it would never say that you and I are God, or God's. It would never say what Jesus says in John 10. That is considered heresy even though Jesus clearly said exactly that right here. You are Elohim, and sons of the Most High, all of you. Now, what exactly was Jesus saying? He was not talking theologically. Jesus was not a theologian, and he did not go around Galilee giving theological lectures. He was a mystic. He told parables and spoke in metaphors and figures of speech. That is exactly the term used in this chapter in verse 6, where it says this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. The King James Version uses the word parable here. 
Jesus was not a theologian. He was a storyteller. He was a poet, as what the Beatitudes are. He was a mystic, as the Gospel of John makes clear. When Jesus called himself and us sons of God, he was using metaphor. By the way, this is not the only place the Bible calls us sons of God. The Apostle Paul says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. That's Romans 8.14. He also says, For you are all sons of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. That's Galatians 3.26. But back to my point. When Jesus calls himself the Son of God, he was not talking theologically. He was not envisioning that one day the term would be put into a creed and repeated in a worship service. He was speaking spiritually and mystically. I think this is one of the differences between Christian non-duality and other forms of it. In Christian non-duality, theology is quite separate from mystical experience. The most common forms of non-duality are Hindu, Advaita and Vedanta, and they are not so careful about this distinction that I am making. Shankara's form of non-dualism, for example, is as much philosophy as it is mysticism. When he quotes the Upanishad's famous saying, That thou art, it means that Atman is Brahman, that the essence within a human is identical to the essence of the divine, and it is understood as metaphysically and philosophically true as well as experientially true. That is not the case in Christian mysticism. Christian non-dualism uses religious language in a non-theological way. But most Christians don't realize that. So when they hear that thou art, they think it is an entirely foreign way of speaking about God. Now I have no problem with that statement from the Upanishads. I cherish it because I know the reality to which it points. But a lot of people mistake this for philosophy or metaphysics. They call it pantheism or monism. Jesus was not a pantheism or a monist, and neither am I. This is speaking to an awareness of no distinction between subject and object. All is one, and that includes humans in that oneness. Now, I'm tempted to say that I'm speaking experientially rather than theologically. And that is fine to say as long as I qualify that statement by saying that it is unlike any other experience and includes all other experiences in it. In this, there is no subject or object. There is simply what is, which is I am, which is what Moses experienced at the burning bush. This was Jesus' constant awareness, which is why he is continually repeating the words, I am, in the Gospel of John. He says it most clearly on the occasion when he said before Abraham was, I am. This reality transcends experience. It is an awareness of the unity between the divine and human that transcends the normal understanding of an experience. The closest thing I can liken it to is one sense of being or consciousness which underlies and filters everything else we know and through which we know. When Jesus said, I and the Father are one, 
And when he said, The Father is in me, and I am in the Father, he was pointing to this reality of union with God. The first letter of John says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. That verse is usually interpreted as referring to the second coming, or the moment of our physical death. But we can partake of that reality now. Time is a stubbornly persistent illusion, as Einstein said. The second coming is now. Heaven is now. The kingdom of God is at hand. I'm not saying that there will not be a greater fullness in time, when the universe comes to an end or our mortal bodies die, but that reality in the future is not different in essence from what we can know now. We are God's children now, John says. For those who yearn for the fullness of that reality, it will come. But we do not have to wait for the pie in the sky when we die by and by. You are children of God now. We are sons of the Most High now. And we can know that spiritual reality now. In the Gospel of John, when Jesus said these controversial things, they tried to arrest him, but he escaped. I don't see him running for his life like a scared rabbit. I think there was something about his presence that stopped people from harming him until it was his time, until he allowed it. We see that also on the occasion when he preached his first sermon in his hometown synagogue, and they wanted to execute him for it. Somehow Jesus escaped to teach another day. The Gospel of John is filled with these teachings that point to his union with God and our union with God. We will look at another one of those next time. That is the Tao of Christ for this week. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can respond to anything you have heard here on my Facebook page called The Tao of Christ or by emailing me. You can find that email address on the Facebook page. You can find my blog, Spiritual Reflections, as well as a link to my books at marshalldavis.us. I will hope you will join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. <music>